Operators, start earning points with Lamb Weston's new Potato Perks app. Redeem points for back-of-house smallwares, custom marketing materials, and more. Register today to get your free 500 points and a rebate up to $100. Visit go.lambweston.com slash potatoperks sign up to download. Can French fries fix Quiznos? Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business, and in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with Mark Lohman, the president of Rigo Restaurant Group, the owner of Quiznos. Many of you know about the sandwich chain, which has gone from nearly 4,700 U.S. restaurants in 2006 to just 200 in the U.S. now, plus another 300 internationally. That is a nearly 90% reduction in overall unit count that is unprecedented in restaurant industry history. These days, the brand is trying just about everything to stop that decline. That has included a new prototype featuring a new menu that includes grilled steak, subs featuring eggs, and even French fries. Those are made by new fryers and grills that Quizos previously didn't have. Mark talks about that plan and what it means for the chain's future. He also talks about some of Quizos' other strategies, such as its prefabricated prototype that is testing elsewhere and many other changes. Marx talks about unique, Quiznos' unique advantages and why he believes the chain is at an inflection point. It is an interesting interview, so please have a listen. All right, I am here with Mark Lohman. Mark, welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you, Jonathan. Very happy to be here and excited to have the conversation today. All right, cool. Well, why don't we start off a little bit? Just tell us about yourself and about Rego Restaurant Group. Sure. Well, I'll be quick about all of it, but my background is predominantly in the restaurant space. My very first job was delivering pizzas for Domino's. And since then, I've just done a number of things in the restaurant space, uh, Qdoba, Jack in the Box, a number of other brands, and then have been at Rego Restaurant Group now for the last three and a half years. And at Rego, we own Quiznos and Taco Del Mar. We're also a franchisee of Dairy Queen. And then we do own a few concepts here at the Denver airport. And our focus at Rego is to is to work with brands that we believe have very, very high consumer affinity. And then, and I expect we'll get into this in our conversations today, Jonathan, to grow those brands. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of growing those brands, let me ask you this question. Quiznos has gone from, you know, close to 5,000 restaurants to just a few hundred at this particular point around the world. What is it going to take to get Quiznos back to to a stop the unit count decline and then get it back to growth? Yeah, it's a great question. It's the question. And I would say it's it's the thesis behind why we are excited about and involved in Quiznos. And as you said, we have about 500 locations globally today, which is not what Quiznos once was. And as we look at it, it, it's true. I believe this is true for Quiznos as it is for any brand. If you match what the consumer wants, you can and will be successful, both in, from a sales standpoint as well as from a unit growth standpoint. And we've spent the last, really, last couple of years very, very focused on just that. We did a lot. We did extensive consumer research to understand not just what consumers want, but really what happened and what we could do to better match the Quiznos brand to what consumers wanted today. And what we found from that was at the heart was a reinvented brand experience. But I would say even more importantly, 
was going back to the heritage of Quiznos. And if you think about what Quiznos started as, it was all about innovation and doing something that others didn't do. And so that's what we did. And that's what we're doing right now. And that's going back to that innovative focus. And that innovation is flavor. It's from the restaurant experience. It's everything about what you would get as a consumer going into a Quiznos. And so what you're starting to see now, and we have our first two prototypes now open, you're starting to see now, is that coming to life in the restaurant for consumers? Mm -hmm. I I definitely want to ask about some of the things that you're doing, because you're doing some 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 very interesting and notable things. But first, I want to ask, as you mentioned, what that you looked at what the brand did wrong. What did the brand do wrong? What did what had to be fixed? Yeah, and I think that's the way to look at it is what had to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And again, as we look at it, Quiznos historically stood for something very different from other brands in the sandwich space. And over the last period of time, I I don't know, call it 10 years, whatever that period of time was, the brand didn't necessarily stand for something different from other brands in the sandwich space. And so because of that, consumers, we believe, didn't really know why Quiznos was exciting. It used to be exciting, and then now maybe it's not so exciting when I, as a consumer, don't know why or what it is that you offer as a brand that's different that's special, that's unique, that's innovative, whatever it may be. If I don't know what that is, and if you as a brand don't tell me what that is, and I don't experience it, or it's not obvious when I go into a restaurant, then you've got confusion. And you've also got, you know, just from a pure sales standpoint, you don't see the sales and the growth and the traffic that you would want to have. And so that's what our focus has been, is is ensuring that what we have as a brand, we have as a brand for Quiznos, that it's both unique different, both unique and differentiated, but it's also what consumers want. And it's what consumers want from the Quiznos brand. Yeah. I, uh, I tend to think oh, that's a, it's a really good point. I think that if we, I look back and have paid attention to Quiznos for a long time and I look back, I tend to think at one of the more underappreciated mistakes that were made years ago was when after Subway, if you remember Subway added toasters, you know, really one of the more aggressive uh, moves ever made by a, a restaurant chain, actually, was was Subway just adding toasters. And then and then but then Quiznos didn't really respond that well. And they they started advertising weird stuff like sponge monkeys, if you remember that nonsense. And, and in, instead of because they really had I mean, like Quiznos to me is always the, the penultimate example of a restaurant chain. I hate to say this, but taste is taste always as important in a restaurant company. I mean, how a food taste matters a lot, da, 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 da. But that doesn't necessarily, you could have the best product on the planet and it does not guarantee you success. And I think that Quiznos is a perfect example. Their food has always actually been very, very good. And yet here here we are and, and uh, you know, years later and, you know, it's kind of in the position that it's in. Yeah, I, th- I think that's very, very well said. I don't think there was a point in time at any point in Quiznos history when anyone would look at this brand and say our food was not you know, either the best or one of the best in the space. And, and we do believe that with what we're doing now with these new prototypes that uh, we're going to offer some things and do it in such a way that we are the best. And obviously we're biased, but but again, backward looking, I don't think there was a point where food was ever the issue. 
I think to your point exactly, it was more about it was more about a footprint issue. It was more about the ability for us to get our food in consumers' mouths, and that's that's a real estate question, you know, first and foremost. But second, again, to your very point, Jonathan, it's it's about how we are perceived by consumers, and if if consumers perceive us, you know, potentially as not being a premium product. Um, they're going to behave a different way than if they do perceive us as being one of the best sandwiches or subs that you can get out there today. And that's really what we're going back to is ensuring that consumers know exactly what Quiznos is all about. The food's always been good. We think, again, we think we're going to make it even better than, it, than it's ever been. But now we've got to make sure that consumers know about it. Consumers know where to find us. And I think the, the exciting point for us, Jonathan, is, is as you look at the next 12 to 24 months, we're actually pretty confident we're at an inflection point with this brand. And now we're going to start to see some pretty exciting growth. And we're going to start to see the expansion that will bring Quiznos back to, um, you know, back to where it once was. You know, it'll take a while to get there, obviously. Um, but the growth is happening. The growth is happening literally over the last couple of months, really the last several weeks. So that's what's got us really excited about things. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about first prefab building. So uh, one of the, the the things that you're doing is you are your prototype is actually drive through I believe drive through only units about 650 square feet prefab buildings. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So so let me let me I'll kind of go down two paths here because first let me hit them at a high level and I'm sure we'll get into it in a minute. But the two prototypes that we have opened one in Hobbs, New Mexico, one in Vancouver, British Columbia, and that was. That was intentional. As we look at it, we direct franchise in in North America, both U.S. and Canada. And so we wanted to have a prototype, one in the U.S. and one in Canada. We wanted to work with our, you know, some of our best franchisees to do that, which is what we did. Both of those prototypes, those are not yet the B-cubed or modular design. Those are, I hate to even call them traditional, but they're more traditional sites. One is inline, one is standalone, but they do bring... Fulbright, the new brand experience to life from a menu standpoint, from a branding standpoint, et cetera. So that, as we look at it, this is this is the launch of the new kind of future Quiznos 2.0. I don't know what you want to call it, but but that's the prototype that we see that, again, goes back to the history and now just amps it up another notch. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of the prototypes that exist. Now, if you look at the B-cubed or the modular design approach, that is something that is happening now. The first couple of those we believe will be in market and built by the end of this year, by the end of 2022. And and that's more of a, man, there's a lot of work that's got to get done to make these happen. Jeff, our, our partner in Michigan who's building these, could not ask for a better partner in doing it. He's he's um, He's put so much behind this in terms of investment for the, basically the infrastructure to build these modular units. And so once that's ready, these will start rolling off, off the line in a pretty exciting way. So if you, so, and I'll come back to it, but, but if you think about one is more of the traditional prototypes, those are in market, we're getting excitement from those. The modular design, we, while we don't have that out there yet, I would say equal or more excitement from that so far. And that's for a couple of reasons. First of all, and this to me is the, is the foundational piece of what we're doing with the BQ manufacturing process. And that is, when people hear modular design or something like that, there's often an immediate negative reaction to, well, it's, it's going to be cheap or it's it's not going to look, it's not going to look nice or something like that. 
What's been great over the last few weeks since we since we issued the press release about this is the first reaction people have is, holy cow, that looks awesome. And that's exactly what we're going for for this. We're not going to cheapen the brand with these modular units at all. The entire intent with this is to be able to build in places that other unit that you can't put a traditional unit to be able to build on that ground, but also to be able to build in a in a service model. As you said before, walk up window and drive through. We can add a dining room if we want to. And there are certainly going to be locations where that's needed. And there are certainly going to be traditional locations as we grow going forward. But this opens up an entirely new avenue of growth. B-Cubed open, opens up an entirely new avenue of growth that allows us to expand in ways that we believe other brands can't. And again, just I, I know I'm being pedantic about this, but I'll say it again. We're doing it in such a way, it's not going to be cheap. This is not going to be somebody driving down the road and you see something on a piece of ground and you say, oh, that, that looks terrible or that's ugly or that looks cheap. We actually expect people to drive around the road and, and have the reaction of, holy cow, that looks awesome. And then again, the service model, 650 square feet, the new kitchen equipment, by the way, actually allows us to improve our throughput. So by improving that throughput, so better product, faster output, double win right there. You put that in this this modular design. We think it just hums with a drive through. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have so essentially you you've got basically a two pronged situation where you have the the traditional prototype that goes into more traditional locations. Quiznos is more known for, uh, but then you have this other modular takeout only um, location, uh, a, a prototype. Um, that can go into smaller bits of real estate or pieces of real estate that you wouldn't otherwise traditionally have gone in. Um, and that's going to be kind of a two-pronged thing and give opera franchisees options for what they want to do. That's exactly the case. It's 100% right. And what you said at the very end there, that to me is the key, or that to us is the key, right? Franchisees know their market and they know their markets really, really well. There are going to be circumstances in which B-Cubed is going to be absolutely perfect for that parcel of ground right over there. No one else can go there. We can put a B-cube there. We'll be very successful. At the same at the same time, there are also going to be markets, and I'll use Hobbs, New Mexico as an example. We've got an incredibly successful uh, prototype. Actually, the two new prototypes opened on the same day, so I can't call either one of them the first. But but the Hobbs, New Mexico prototype is a larger footprint, is standalone with a, with a large dining room and a drive-through, and that's because our franchisee there, Dom, knows his market really well, he knew that's what would be successful there, and it is incredibly successful there. So in this case, B-Cubed probably wouldn't have been the right fit. Now, to be clear, Dom is excited about B-Cubed and will very likely build several B-Cubes pretty quickly, but it's going to be based, as you said, Jonathan, it's going to be based on what the franchisee sees in terms of real estate needs and consumer needs in their market. Mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned equipment equipment changes. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, the exciting thing about the equipment change is it's, and I would actually phrase it not so much as a change as it is additional equipment in restaurant. So, you know, the long and short of it is the new restaurants, the new prototypes have flat tops and fryers. And what that does is that allows us to add, well, it allows us to add new sandwiches and new subs as well, because now we have, you know, additional mechanisms by which to prepare the proteins, et cetera. And so some of the things you'll see or that are currently in market, Asian Dipper, the Carne Suprema, sandwiches and subs, we just couldn't unlock with the equipment that's in place today. So that's part of it. And what I do want to be clear about, though, in the new prototypes, we're not walking away from the historical menu. 
We're not walking away from the menu that's been so successful over time because, you know, what we talked about a few minutes ago, no one's ever, no one for the most part has ever complained about the Quiznos food or the quality of the taste or the flavor of the food. So we're not, we're not leaving that behind at all. The menu that exists today in the, in the bulk of our units, that's being expanded upon in the prototypes. So we're not replacing, we're not getting rid of the Italian. We're not getting rid of the things that the consumers walk in and know and love. Those are still on the menu. We're never touching those. So what this new equipment does is allows us to add to that and to add to it in such a way that we believe is not just not just adding additive for the sake of additive of, of adding to it, but adding it to adding to it away in such in such a way that it's innovative and it's unique in the way we're doing it versus what anyone else is doing. And so the new recipes are are just fantastic flavors, first of all. Uh, the new equipment also allows us to, as I mentioned before, improve our throughput. So speed of service uh, will go up a little bit as well. We talked about the elevated flavor. And then the other, the other piece I would add, because of the fryer in particular, we can now add in sides that we couldn't do before. So the fryer allows us to bring in fries as an example, smothered fries, crispier tater tots, things like that. That, you know, as we look at consumers and as we do the research, we see those as opportunities for the Quiznos brand. Not necessarily misses historically in the menu, just because the brand you know wasn't at that point. Consumers obviously evolve over time. But as we look at that going forward, we believe those are critical elements to the brand for us to grow. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you, you, it seems like you're you're evolving it into more of a. I guess a fast food restaurant than than the the kind of the just strictly sandwich chain that it had been for years. I would say I would say there are certainly elements of of fast food in the service model in the in the sense that we do look at drive through as as a critical component of the of the brand going forward. But I would also say that you know as we as I would compare it to fast food, fries are probably you know the easiest way to compare and say yeah one to one that's probably a very good comparison and and we obviously think our fries are going to be better than where you can get them elsewhere but then if you look at the core part of the menu center of the plate the subs and sandwiches just by nature of the product we look at them as being probably fresher a little bit healthier and just a, a little more flavor forward than you would get in in uh, QSR and fast food so i don't i don't know exactly what i would call it i mean there's certainly an element of of QSR and what we're doing and fast food and what we're doing, but I would argue there's also an element of fast casual. And so hard to exactly put a label on it. And we're not shying away from either, by the way. And really, we're not we're not designing this because we think it's the right answer so much as we're designing it this way because it's what consumers have told us it's what they want. Uh, when are you going to put, I mean, are fries on the menu now or or is that uh, come? So they are now. They are fries are on the menu, the two prototypes now. Okay. And so, so and and equipment limitations means that just fries aren't going to be out in you know several hundred restaurants tomorrow. But but you know, as the brand grows over time, each new restaurant will see this menu included in it. Substan- that's a substantial change though for a company. Now, that's a pretty big big deal. He traditionally just made sandwiches and threw them, put them through a a, a, a toaster and 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 now you're talking about frying up uh, or you know making different types of sandwiches on a grill you've got uh you've got fry smothered fries which is you know a, a different thing see that's you're you're talking about a, a almost a a completely different model in some respects i would say additive additive to mm-hmm. our model because the toaster's still there 
So again, we're not we're not walking away from what brought us to the dance. We're not we're not going to go in here and and, and again, d- d- despite despite the change in unit count over time, again, consumers have loved and continue to love the Quiznos brand. So we're not going to try and go in and say we're going to change all these things that consumers love. There's you know there, there there's kind of these historical stories of attempts in the, in the past to change the Quiznos brand when as an example the Italian was taken off the menu. And so what you have is you have a consumer who's loved the Quiznos brand forever. They walk in, they don't even look at the menu board and they say, I'll have the Italian because that's their go-to sandwich. And when that happens and the consumer walks in and asks for that and the, and, and, you know, the team member says, oh, actually, we don't have that anymore. That's your worst case scenario, right? I mean, you've got this hero product that everyone loves and now you don't have it. But I go into that because that's that's what we are very much avoiding. We cannot do that. It's actually the you know of the things that keep us up at night. That's one of the things that keeps us up at night because we can't we can't ever put ourselves in a position where we walk away from the menu and from the brand that got us where we are. So toaster's still there. Service model of the past is tweaked a little bit, but it, it's not changed and it's not going away. So I say that because if you're if you're a consumer in Denver, for example. And you happen to be in Hobbs, New Mexico at, at our prototype with Dom or in Vancouver, British Columbia at our prototype there. And you walk in and you order the Italian, even though the menu board might look a little different. And even though the service model might be a little different, but not tremendously different, the team member is going to tell you sounds great. And they're, and you're going to get an Italian coming off that line. And it's going to be as good, actually, probably a little bit better than you'd get in any other rest, any other Quiznos restaurant we have today. Mm-hmm. Any uh, concerns about operational complexity or anything like that? If you're adding things like fries and other stuff, I mean, aren't you going to make things a little complicated? Again, it's a traditional sandwich shop and you're going to add fries. That's, that seems like kind of a, you know, you're adding in a layer of operations there that might make operations a headache. Boy, you're just going down the list of things that keep us up at night, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's exactly the right question, Jonathan, because we also know we can't do that because Again, I've been in the industry long enough, I've worked with enough brands that simplicity, simplicity, simplicity has to be at the forefront of anything that we do. When, you, when you're a franchisor, if you bring in complexity, you darn sure better bring it in in such a way so that it improves the economic results for the franchisee. And so a lot of words to say, we've spent so much time on the operational procedures behind the new equipment and the new menu that it's 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 hard to ever say and guarantee that oh it's it's we're not introducing any any operational complexity can't can't say that because we are introducing new equipment what i do believe and i'm very confident about is that we've done it in such a way that uh, again it improves the service time in the restaurant first of all and second of all we've done it in such a way in terms of our training procedures our job aids etc that it actually should turn out that in the new restaurant it's it's as efficient or more efficient than our prior design. And again, that's you know it's just one of the things we have to spend a ton of time on, again, based on experience because we know we know we can't do the opposite end of the spectrum. We can't because you know shame on me, I've done that before at other brands. Launch something, introduce complexity. Has it been successful from a sales standpoint? And at the same time, it's introduced operational challenges that have reduced throughput. We're not doing that here. 
Well, let's uh, get to the the probably the most important point uh, because you you mentioned the the magic words, which are roughly the economic value to the franchisees and the way. Frankly, the only way this brand, or frankly any other brand, is going to grow is if franchisees believe that they will be able to generate a return on their investment, and if the economics work. And the biggest problem, by a long shot, in Quiznos history was that the economics did not work for the brand. How have you changed that and how does that work going forward? Yeah, and it's it's probably a little too early to be able to, you know, to be able to prove this, I guess, is is the is the first statement, right? I mean the prototypes have just opened and, you know, sales are we're happy with where sales have been so far. Let me just say that very clearly. And and the franchisees, all the all the conversations we've had with them, the franchisees are pretty happy with where things are. So you know, initial results suggest that that the economic model is is working as we anticipated, perhaps even a little even a little better than we anticipated. And I would say there's a few things we've been focused on in, in how we've approached this. And I would say in no particular order, kind of back to B cubed, real estate is always a huge factor, right? I mean, if you can if you can get a parcel of ground that no one else can and it's on the corner of Maine and Maine, and you can do it in such a way with a modular approach like a B cubed, well, why wouldn't you do that? So that's that's going to help with, with new units. Secondly, I would say from a menu standpoint, we're introducing items that are premium. And as such, when you can't get something elsewhere and it's worth it, you know, we believe consumers are going to going to be excited about that and they're going to pay for it. And I don't I don't mean that in a certainly don't mean that in a way that we're going to be we're trying to price gouge consumers or anything like that. We're not going to do that. And our franchisees aren't going to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to introduce really great sandwiches and subs that you can't get anywhere else. And and as such, that's that that helps the economic model a little bit as well. Third, you know, in this this kind of crazy digital world every day, it feels like we're introducing new channels just to to you know, to allow consumers to experience the Quiznos brand as best as they can. And, um, you know, third-party delivery, obviously not not new news, but, um, you know, our digital expansion will only continue, as with all brands, really. I mean, we're, or most brands, I should say, we're very focused on ensuring that we can get food to our consumers in the best way that we possibly can. Fourth, and this is this is really specific to the new approach, but if you go back to improving throughput, which again we're confident we have in the in the prototype, that will that will help on the labor front um, because we've designed this to ensure that it's it's labor optimized. We're not we're not building something that's going to require you know additional staff or anything like that to be able to to be able to run it. We've we've done it so that um, you know so that it can be can be run lean, but but not lean in the sense that it's going to be not enough staff, I guess. You know, we will we will always ensure that we we design it so that consumers get the experience that we want them to have, but we're not going to do it in such a way that's going to require franchisees to be able to, or, or force franchisees to have to add a ton of staff to the restaurant. Um, I don't remember what number I'm on, but just kind of continuing, you know, one piece that as we look at our menu expansion, the menu expansion is not just not just for the prototypes, by the way. So this this we believe foundationally is 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 going to affect all of our restaurants. And that is, as we look at the consumer data, what we've seen is a, is a desire for us to expand our products to allow for day part expansion as well. I mean, kind of the traditional approach to subs and sandwiches has been it's a, it's a lunchtime easy meal, right? Well, um, that's still the case. 
But again, the data would suggest there's opportunity for us to, to grow our menu with LTOs as well as permanent menu additions that, that will allow for more of the dinner day part and you know times like that. And that obviously is a top line benefit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Dinner is uh dinner is always uh one of the key challenges for any sort of sandwich chain is getting those getting that dinner business and if you can get it that's fantastic but if you but it can be be a struggle last real question then how do you convince franchisees because again you're going to need to get franchisees to come into the brand to build units to start growing again how do you convince franchisees to jump aboard with a brand like quiznos yeah, it, it's actually, again, you, I, I think maybe I sent you a list of the things that keep us up at night because you just, you do seem to be checking them off. But so, so as we look at it, we've got some positives and obviously some negatives in those conversations. The positive is, is the Quiznos brand. We have, you know, we have the second highest brand awareness of any chain, of any, every franchisor in the sandwich space. So because of the brand history, it's very rare that we have to tell someone who Quiznos is. And that's actually a huge asset when you think about it. I mean, so many brands that are that are growing, you know, they're growing and they also have to have to bring brand awareness to bear as well. We have to bring, I would say, we don't have to bring brand awareness to the table. What we have to bring to the table is communication and advertising and marketing about who we are now. Um, and we're and we're doing that. So so we actually have a huge positive going into the conversation when it comes to awareness. And then the other piece is it's really just telling the story that you and I are talking about today, Jonathan. I mean, you know, we're approaching things from a from a growth standpoint a little bit differently than it's been approached in the past. I would I would suggest that or I believe, obviously biased, I believe we're as flexible and we listen, we listen to franchisees and potential franchisees as well as anyone listens to franchisees, because we look at this as a two-way street. And again, just back to experience, and you know, we kind of implicit in what we talked about today, the only way we make money as a franchisor is if our franchisees make money. Mm-hmm. And so everything that we do is focused on them being successful because until they're successful, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna be as successful as we want to be. So that's I would say from an approach standpoint. And then it's the and it's the offering. And you know, we've talked talked a lot about it today, but the the foundational elements of the prototype in the conversations we've had so far are, are pretty compelling. We're, uh, we believe we're leading edge in a lot of aspects from menu standpoint, from a digital standpoint, from a design standpoint. And that works well with, with uh, the conversation, works well in the conversations we've been having. And then the B cubed or modular approach, we're able to bring something to the table that no one else can. And when we bring that to the table and talk about B cubed, you know, you have the the potential or the discussion around the potential economic model. We're having a conversation about something that that we believe is unique, uh, and the the growth that can happen from B cubed is on parcels and in markets and in areas that others can't grow in. And so that that puts us in a in a good position. And then you know to wrap it up, I did the last thing, which you know at the end of the day, when you've got a menu like Quiznos has. And when you can roll out the food that we've got, it puts a smile on, on everyone's face when you can serve it. And, you know, franchisees, you were right. I do not disagree at all. In fact, I 100% agree. The economic model is ultimately going to be what franchisees look at and how they decide on their growth platform. We believe we're in a very good position for that. But I would also say, I mean, franchisees eat too. And when you can put out a great product in front of them, 
and they, they're excited about it and it tastes great, that's never a bad thing. All right. Super. Mark, this was fantastic. Really appreciate you joining me this week on the podcast. Loved it. Thank you, Jonathan. It was great to speak again. It's exciting times for Quiznos, and hopefully we get to talk about the brand again in the near future and bring some new, exciting news. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited, as always, by Kimmy Kazmarek, artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You may also find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening. Operators, start earning points with Lamb Weston's new Potato Perks app. Redeem points for back-of-house smallwares, custom marketing materials, and more. Register today to get your free 500 points and a rebate up to $100. Visit go.lambweston.com slash potato perks sign up to download.